Hello and welcome back to the Cafe Hustle podcast with me, Andy Jones, and to this, the part two of my episode with James Gray, the founder of Barista & Co. Now, in this episode, we're going to be talking about Barista & Co. Social, which is an office space, a workspace that they've set up at Barista & Co., which is all about or it's facilitating the outreach to the community because even though and I know we talk a lot about community on the on the cafe hustle generally from a coffee shop point of view but even roasteries now are now getting into this getting into the game and I'm going to call it a game getting into engaging with their communities on a much higher much higher quality level is where I'm, what I'm really trying to say and that's what barista and code social is all about and we're also going to touch on the uh, wholesale side of the business as well and, and the challenges that that james has faced with that so yeah there's lots to talk about in this episode so let's jump into it after we get back from thanking our sponsors the Cafe Hustle is brought to you in partnership with Rotocloud, the people management platform for shift-based teams. Start your free 30-day trial at thecafehustle.com forward slash Rotocloud to see how much easier planning rotors, recording the attendance, and managing annual leave can be. Now, Barista & Co. Social yeah. is its a bit of a twist on or a, cha- or a different way of approaching an office space, isn't it? You you don't run a traditional office space as we would probably normally expect as an audience listening to this. Just tell us yeah. what that is. It's, it's a really good question. Do you know where it stems from is we've developed a lot of product and obviously we roast coffee and we're trying different coffees all the time. And we were working, we had our warehouse and our roasters in a different location, but our warehouse was right beside our office. And for many years, we'd been in an industrial estate and it's really difficult creativity to to kind of drive those creative juices as such when you're sat in an industrial estate and what was quite interesting for us as a team is that you know we'd go into london and we'd go and see the people we work with in london and you know we're really fortunate we work with some amazing people like on the retail side we work with people like selfridges and harrods and then we work with other people in horica and but you never really felt it when you sat in an industrial estate in dorset is the truth. So it was really for us, it was, you know, about saying, actually, how do we create social space that's social for the team? It's social for people who want to walk through the door because we do different things at the weekend. So it has a kind of two reasons for being there in that format. One is very much so it's driven by, in reality, it's a test bed. Is And, and funny enough, I was speaking to a friend the other day and he's like, why didn't you call it that? I'm like, because it's more than that. It's actually about community as well. And they're the two aspects to that 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 space is it's a place for our team to go to, to be creative, to play with coffee, to play with our products, to invite people in off the street and say, what do you think of that? Because we're right on a high street as well. We're not, we might not be in the middle of it, but we're, we're on a high street. Um, and then also from a community perspective now, we encourage many different communities to come into that space. So, you know, if you're going out for a morning run, the local running club, come in, try our coffee first before you go for your run. Same with cyclists, all these different things. So for me, it goes back, we talked really early on about the purpose and the drive. And I mentioned that it was obviously customers, but also community. Um, And I don't really treat them separately. I kind of see them as being one. And in some contexts, I see community being more important because we, you can be a customer and not engage. Um, Really, we want customers that engage and then it becomes more of a community. And that's more important to me. 
Um, and that's why, you know, we opened that space. But also, you know, it gives us the capability. On a Friday, we invite local businesses in. We're an open house. You know, you might be a coffee roaster based in a different area of the world. You're welcome to come and work in there when you're in our area. You might be, you know, working with different machine suppliers that are competitors to what we do. We don't mind. Come in and sit in the space, have a cup of coffee. Um, it's really very much about being that open, creative space that people can feel welcome in and come to, whether it be an end consumer or friends within the trade or just people in the trade. Yeah, community, no matter what industry you're in, is massive. And I think people are slowly starting to realise the power of it, not only just from the point of view of, like you, you're talking about there, engaged customers, but also the other people who are in your industry that are yeah. almost in a way competitors that sharing knowledge with people who are in the same situation as you, certainly from, for example, coffee shop owners, and we've set up an online community, which we're in the process of, as the time we're recording, we're in the process of launching that. There's so much power in engaging with people who, know what you're going through, know what it's like to be in the trenches. And like you say, for you, engaging with your community, that just takes your presence, that level up. You're no longer just providing coffee beans, and I know you supply uh, some equipment as well, but you go certainly to another level when it comes to opening up your doors and inviting people in. It's a great point. And, you know, if you look at the coffee shop world, it's a really interesting area that because, you know, if as a coffee shop owner, for example, and we invite, you know, end consumers into our space at weekends and we function as a coffee shop. Now, we, you know, we're not seven days a week. It's not our strategic focus, um, but we really enjoy that part. But the reason I think we enjoy it is actually seeing what they enjoy, because ultimately, as whatever your sector, but if we talk specifically about a coffee shop, what do you want to deliver for that customer? Now, you you internally, you love coffee, or you know, I do. So we could be really specific, you know, we could be really scientific around the coffee that we should serve. And we probably should be. And well, probably we should be. We want to serve the best we can. But we also have to understand that that person who comes through the door is not us. And they don't want to be spoken to and told they should do this. They want to generally learn, feel comfortable. And then the experience changes. And it's one of the things that, again, I think is a really important thing for our, well, it's just for our business. I, you know, I can't comment on other ones, but, you know, we, we deal with some decent sized companies these days. And I'm off, always say, don't sell, just listen. Because you, if you start talking at people, which is what I kind of mean when I say don't sell, is they just disengage immediately. And I really feel that, like, you know, when you're looking at like a space, like a coffee shop, ultimately, whoever's it is, you want the customer not only to walk out with a great coffee, what you really want is them to walk out happy and had a great experience and they're back the next day if they feel that way, if they feel good. And for me, that's 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 my purpose is to, to make people feel that way. Yeah, I know we talk about, again, talk a lot on the podcast about it's not coffee that we sell, it's experience. And touching on where you say there about, you're right, people aren't necessarily the same as us when it comes to our approach to coffee and really like certainly my love for coffee came from the experimentation phase of it you know when I was first learning and trying to work out you know different grinds and different brewers so 
certainly I, I guess still do it now with the AeroPress, you know, just constantly trying new things. And that's part of the journey that we go through to actually loving coffee. And the last thing we want to do is certainly have customers skip all that step and just be like, yep, yeah, this is what you need to do. We have to do it to a certain extent so they realize where it's going, but it's all about that journey and helping them to understand their own sort of coffee experimentation journey. It sounds like we're talking about hard drugs here, but that's, yeah. you know what I mean? It's, 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 we're talking about them learning as they go along. The word journey is the most important thing for me. Like, I think it's absolutely vital. And, you know, we, we manufacture hardware and, and a lot of hardware that we design and develop it for home users. And there's a great example, actually, for, which is, you know, I'll go to, say, a coffee festival where we exhibit and so on. And we've got a product in our portfolio. It's called a broomstick. I'm going to be totally open and honest with you here. I don't use it. The reason I don't use it, though, is I've been in this industry and I've had a passion for coffee for many, many years. So in terms of the journey, I'm going to spend a lot of money on a coffee equipment, a coffee machine for home, those things. That product, we sell huge numbers of them. And, it's a, and it was designed to convert from instant coffee to fresh coffee. A lot of people in the special industry look down the nose at that product, if I'm honest with you, of that type of product. And I always say, you're, you're missing the point on that customer. That customer is not going to go from instant to a 2,000-pound you know, espresso machine like that. There's a journey, and we have to be accepting of that, that because we love something, it do, and we're quite far down the line in that journey, you're right. People, Other people aren't. You know, I love bikes, for example, and I've, you know, I'd, really focused on the best I can possibly get out the lightest possible bike although I'm probably a little bit heavier than the bike at the moment but never mind um that you know that's a really important thing to me whereas I could be stood beside somebody who's interested in you know something like much more interested in food than I am for argument's sake although I am pretty interested in that you know they would they would know everything about knives and we're all different and I think we've the biggest thing is to kind of welcome people into anything that you do with open arms and help them on that journey. Um, and I, and it's a great feeling if you do that, you know, individually, like I think, you know, I'm sure you're the same, you know, if someone comes to me and asks for help, I'll always give it. And, and I think that's what you want always to have a place where, you know, you're open to people who don't know things. Yeah. That's a big driver behind the cafe hustle. It was all, it's all about serving the people in our industry as best I can. But, when we talk about helping the industry, the only way we're going to help certainly the specialty side grow and, and open it up to the masses is making it accessible. And what you're talking about there is doing just that. It's creating that conduit between the people who are happy with just instant coffee and think that that's an accept, or to them, it's an acceptable coffee. Whereas, to, you know, to us, it's, it really isn't. And I won't jink it anymore, you know, because yeah. it just isn't what I enjoy. And, the more people we can educate, and I use that word, try not to be patronizing, but or show them what the possibilities are with coffee, the better for the entire industry. 
What's your usual response when staff call in to say they're not going to make it into work? Frantically texting, emailing and sending WhatsApp messages in an effort to find cover by the time you open your doors. Yeah, we've all been there, but there is an easier way. Rotacloud is a people management platform that allows you to communicate directly with your staff and find shift replacements fast. With 24-7 access to the Rota and shift updates delivered immediately and sent out across the team, staff can notify you if there's a problem with an upcoming shift. And you can even set it up so employees arrange their own cover which will save you the headache get your shifts together with rotacloud head over to the cafehustle.com forward slash rotacloud and start your free 30-day free trial now turning to the wholesale side then just tell us what where are you at in terms of wholesale is it is that the biggest part of your business or is the the subscription side is that a big part of what you do we have like key channels within our business so we have when you say wholesale we basically have two areas within wholesale we've got the retail part of the business so we provide product for people to then sell on to end consumers um and then what we do within our uh hotels restaurant and catering business and i include coffee shops and that um is where our coffee comes into it and we also work with you know machine suppliers as well so you know we have a lot of new coffee shops will come to us, you know, much as it is with many roasters. Um, on the retail side of the business, touching on that one first, that's really going back to your point about accessibility and about education. That's where the retail part really comes in. Like we've got a really simple brew guide that's designed to be put into a space where people know nothing about coffee and they can literally, it's basic level. And again, it's crude as you can be but you've got to be sensible about the space that you're in. So for example, we'll have a guide that's around strength. Now, truth of the matter is, we all know we could play with strength in many, many different ways, but Joe Bloggs doesn't know that. So we've got to start somewhere to try and get them to understand it. So we built a range of products that are built around that guide. Once you've got the one that we hope is right for you, then you can obviously start playing with it in many different variables. But the reason we focused on doing the retail offer in that way was there's an amazing statistic that's 51% of people buy the wrong coffee maker. So how do I get that statistic? So we went out and we asked a thousand people, what type of coffee do you like? How do you like it in terms of like clean, crisp, you know, uh, velvety, heavy mouthfeel, all that stuff. And then we look, asked them what they actually owned. And it was amazing. So you'd get a really like a strong, clean, crisp coffee. I've got a French press. It's like, you're not going to get that. Um, so, you know, ultimately it was really just about, I mean, there are specialty brewing techniques these days that make it a bit of a cleaner cup, but, um, it was really about identifying that. So we built a range around that and really it's, it's there, that range to enhance coffee brewing at home. That's it. It's about that journey. Um, at some point I'll be open that the customer will jump off our products and we'll go somewhere else because once you, you know, they may say that we do a product that's it makes a similar it's an, an immersion uh brew pressurized immersion brewer like an aeropress or it's called twist press and that product you may then go actually i'm done with that type of brewing now manual i'm going to go to espresso machines but that goes back to our journey um so that's a big part of our business um that retail side and you know we supply major retailers like selfridges and harrods and, and loads of independents um many coffee shops as well and then Interesting, an area that's always been huge for us is milk pitchers. So we've developed, I think, 17 different milk pitchers over the last eight years, sold around 150,000 of them. 
And we're really excited, actually, this month, right now, um, we're launching a new product with Dan Tamang, who you may know very well. Um, Dan's amazing latte artist, obviously six times UK latte art champion. And he did a great product with us where he was bending his own milk pitchers at home with pliers, which is unreal. Um, and we just thought that was an amazing story. So we got the picture, we 3D scanned it. We worked with Dan. We interviewed, uh, surveyed 100 baristas across the globe. And we've come up with what we think is the best one, uh, best possible product that we've done to date. So we're really excited to launch that one. Um, and that, again, the idea with that product goes back to accessibility, though, that, you know, there's some other brands that do really expensive milk pitchers where the latte artist or individual barista would buy them for themselves. But the coffee shop couldn't afford to buy all of them for its full range. So we kicked that and we were like, no, we want to give a precision product that everybody can use and can afford to buy. And I think we've delivered on that. So I'm really excited about that launch with Dan. And we've got lots of competitions and Latia going on with that, which is going to be great. Um, so that kind of covers the, the retail side. And then the other part is obviously our wholesale business. Um, and interestingly, we do more of our sales to end consumer through our subscriptions and so on. And that kind of put us in a really nice place with the wholesale business with coffee because it the hardest thing, and I'm sure you know this really well, like holding standards of coffee is the toughest thing going because you, you touched on it earlier, Andy, that, you know, you've got staff turnover, constant training, you know, are they maintaining machines? So as a roaster supplying coffee shops, Everybody knows so you can have exactly the same coffee going into a different place. It's going to come out completely differently depending on how dedicated they are. And on our wholesale side, we made the simple decision that we already have our business that allows us a position to say, we're going to work with people who want to deliver the best they can. And that means they've got to have the same ethos as us in terms of want to you know, maintain their equipment correctly, have good quality equipment, see the importance of customer service. Um, so we work on the coffee side with machine partners as well, who I think are leaders within our category. Um, and we've got a really simple focus with that side of the business. We want your coffee shop, your hotel, your restaurant to get five-star reviews about the coffee. And if they're not, we take it personally. But the big difference we have is we work on geographic exclusivity. So we ju- we focus on working with that partner and being, like I see them as our business, if I'm honest. Um, you know, I get upset when I see negative things written about them, which is crazy, but you know, it's, it's, it's the way it is. But as, as a roaster, you lose that control or you've got that potential of losing that control. As soon as you hand that bean over to the coffee shop, say they're in control then of that product that comes out the other side. And it's a very difficult, I can imagine it's a very difficult position to be in when you've put that care and that effort into getting that bean roasted perfectly it's ready to be to produce the best coffee it could do and like you say it goes into a store that isn't necessarily as focused on its standards your reputation is then on the line and i can completely understand why you would want to work with with people to that extent because at the end of the day it's your brand reputation that you've got to protect completely andy and and what i should say as well is that we don't take that from any element of kind of arrogancy. I've got to make that really clear. That's like, we will often have a discussion with people and say, look, we're probably not the right partner. Like, you know, if you're coming along and you want to buy cheap, 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 and you're not focused on quality, I'm like, well, don't buy even that one. Why don't you just go to macro? Like, you know, I mean, and that, it's that kind of simple in my mind. But 
we don't do it around arrogancy. Like we would often have, like for example, we work with a number of new startups where they've got really very low level of coffee knowledge, but they really are dedicated to getting the best they can for their premises, their coffee shop, their outlet, and that's really refreshing. And like we will be one hundred percent behind them. Um, and at the same time, we've had you know much much bigger customers who we've had early discussions with, and just realized you know what not again in an arms way but we want to work with people that we like we get on with and we want to help their businesses and we're not here to be told you need to do this here now then it's like we want to be in a partnership with people um and i think you know i just am a really big believer that everything in business is driven by partnerships and if there's one part of it slips at some point it will fail it might not be now, it might not be tomorrow, but a few, you know, it might be months, years down the line, it will fail. And actually going back to talking about staff, it's the same thing there. You know, you, you, for example, the obvious thing is, you know, you incentivize people with money, but after three, four, five years, if they're not happy, they will at some point leave. That will happen. So, you know, I think that partnership in everything you do for me is, is so important, but it's also pleasurable. Like it makes it fun. I think it it really it comes back to focusing on that purpose and making sure that people are like you say money is not the motivator it never will be it's a short term motivator you know you give people a pay rise they for the next three months they're great you know they're motivated then they get used to having that money they've got to be aligned more closely to to what you're trying to achieve as as a business I think you very clearly do that you people understand that you have standards that are expected of them in the same way that your customers, the coffee shops, the hotels, et cetera, they understand, and you're very upfront about that, that you have standards that you expect them to meet basically. And and without that, it's like you say, it's not a partnership as such. It's then just, you know, your traditional business transaction. And obviously for your brand, it's not, that's not a good fit. So, and it's great. I think the fact that you stick to your values and you stick to, to what you believe in is is really it's really important from a business point of view so uh, yeah no i think there's there's a lot that people can learn from this conversation as a whole i think the and certainly that's part of what i want to be doing as as the cafe house is all about transforming how the hospitality industry leads its people and i think this has just been a really it's a really really valuable chat basically that shows what is capable of being achieved when we do take that approach so listen james thank you so much for coming on the cafe hustle i really appreciate your time and i know you're like you say you're out in holland at the minute and it's uh visiting your distributors but it, yeah how can people fancy. find I've it i've got a nice beer to the right hand side of me and a cake but i wasn't allowed to show you that it's a tough life no. hey continental and all that how can people find out more about barista and co uh, visit our website which is uh barista and co.com um or, you know, as I mentioned, I'm really always interested in partnerships and opportunities. People are more than welcome to just pop me a message on LinkedIn. I'm on there. You can find us through the company or through my name. Um, and, you know, I, I like I enjoy engaging with people in our sector. That's not a sell or anything like yeah. that. You know, I don't know everything. And I love speaking to people like yourself. I love speaking to other people in hospitality and coffee, other sectors as well. You know, I think it's about like mindedness, not just yeah. the sector. Yeah, no, it is. It's these conversations are really important. I know, well, we're well over a hundred episodes now, and it's it just seems to get better and better. You know, the more conversations that we can have, 
around these things the more other people are opening their eyes to them so yeah listen thank you for coming on and sharing your story and certainly your experience of how you deal with your people and yeah i really appreciate it thank you very much thanks andy it's been great thank you the Cafe Hustle is brought to you by Road to Clyde, the people management platform for shift-based teams. Now, it's used by more than 4,000 businesses. Road to Cloud saves managers time spent on admin, helps to save on labor costs, and makes life easier for your staff. Try it for free for 30 days by visiting thecafehustle.com forward slash road to cloud. That's thecafehustle.com forward slash R-O-T-A-C-L-O-U-D. So a really great conversation with James there. And I really I genuinely enjoyed that from the point of view of when we're talking about the leadership elements, because it's all of the things that we've been talking about on the podcast that we put in place. Certainly, well, certainly the, the no hierarchy is something we haven't necessarily touched on, but that's really important when it comes to adapting your people and giving them a bit more empowerment, giving them the trust and the responsibility to look after their own jobs and look after their customers for you. And they then learn how to react to different situations. They grow as individuals. You know, there's the personal development there. There's professional development there. And it all comes in as part of what we're doing to support our people and grow them into people who can then go on to other jobs whether it's in different industries or other industries within hospitality every single time we have employees we have to see them as being transient and it's not just hospitality this is how we should be looking at every industry we shouldn't necessarily be wanting or expecting that we're going to be holding on to our people until they retire we need to look at how we can or from the point of view of how we make their life better from a professional point of view but also a personal point of view and that's part of our jobs as leaders whether you're in a coffee shop whether you're in a roastery whether you are in a huge chain of coffee shops or even you know smaller independent single shop operator ran businesses so yeah a lot of things to think about and change how we think about how we relate to our employees and what their journey is with us whether it's it is only a matter of months which sometimes happens or if it's up to two three years beyond that so yeah lots to think about in and how we we deal with our people and a really great chat with james sounds like a really great company to work for as well so listen thank you again for joining me on the cafe hustle i really appreciate your time i hope we brought value to you again and yeah don't forget to leave us a rating and a review wherever you listen to your podcast. But also, if you've got a testimonial for how the podcast has helped you in any way, please email me at andy at thecafehustle.com and just make sure in that you include that you give permission for us to use that testimonial because that's going to be going on our website if, you know, if you're happy for that for, to do that. So, yeah. Anyway, thank you again and look forward to welcoming you back to The Cafe Hustle next week.